Welcome to the Analytics Power Hour. Analytics topics covered conversationally and sometimes with explicit language. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Analytics Power Hour. This is episode 236. My name is Tim Wilson, and it's now 2024. So happy new year. We reviewed all of the latest benchmarks for Google's Gemini AI and determined that we're good for at least another two or three episodes of this show before we just hand the whole thing over to the robots. So for now, I'm joined by a couple of human co-hosts. Julie Hoyer is an analytics manager at Further, which, by the way, as of this recording, when I asked Bard what the company formerly known as Search Discovery is now called, it took a big old swing at it and missed entirely. So the company formerly known as Search Discovery, now Further, where Julie is an analytics manager. Welcome to the show, Julie. Hello, hello. Excited to be here. All right. And also from Further... We're joined by Val Kroll, who is an optimization director there. And if any of her coworkers think, remember that day back some point in the past where she canceled a whole bunch of meetings because she had a podcast recording and was trying to save her voice? Well, you know when we recorded this. So in a partial way, using minimalist words, we've got Val Kroll. Welcome to the show, Val. Hello. Yes, today, today was that day when I sounded like this. <laughs> But thanks for still having me. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if we still have you by the end of the show. If not, we'll have an AI reading your questions from the chat. So on our last episode, which was the year in review show for 2023, we talked a lot about AI and generative AI. And we're going to kick off 2024 by digging into AI specifically through the lens of kind of the myriad platforms and technologies and companies that underpin what many of us wind up just kind of experiencing as a, you know, really clever chatbot or as a code assistant or as a custom image generator. If you think about it, there are hundreds, if not thousands of components in that underlying ecosystem. NVIDIA, Hugging Face, PyTorch, Mojo, Modular, Replicate, Llama, Purple Llama, Anthropic, and well, you get the idea. It's hard to imagine that anyone could successfully wrap their heads around this entire landscape, much less stay on top of it as it rapidly evolves. But our guest, Matthew Lindley, does exactly that, or as close as any human we've been able to find is able to do that. And he writes about it in his newsletter, which is called Supervised. You can find Supervised and subscribe to it at supervised.news. So Matthew's formal education was in mathematics. I will try to reel them in if Julie and Matthew start trying to converse with each other by verbalizing equations. Before we started the show, there was a discussion of fluid dynamics and theses and Val and I almost, <laughs> our eyes glazed over, but we'll, we'll try to keep him in check. But despite the mathematics, he also, Matthew also had a second major in journalism and his career has pretty much been a steady blend of the two since uh, he's kind of woven into it out of a few different places. Mostly he's been on the journalism side of things with his writing appearing in Business Insider, The Wall Street Journal, BuzzFeed News, and TechCrunch. Most recently, before starting Supervised, he was Business Insider's lead reporter on AI and big data, covering companies like Databricks, Snowflake, OpenAI, and others. So welcome to the show, Matthew. Thanks for having me. So let's start with that You've sort of started this new thing, this supervised. You made the decision that this could be kind of a full-time thing to just focus on journalism around kind of the, the the business and the ecosystem of AI. Can you talk a little bit about sort of how you came to that decision? Like what what prompted you to to make that leap? And you know, are you a masochist? I guess. 
I, first off, terrible idea. I, I really genuinely do not advise people do it. But yeah, so I, so, you know, I, when I was at Business Insider, when we were covering AI, AI did not mean chat GPT and LLMs and things like that. This is, you know, way back when Hugging Face was hosting, you know, little tiny projects. And, uh, you know, there was this company called Snowflake that all of us, I think, were users of at one point or another in Databricks and, and kind of like the weird quasi rivalry slash non rivalry between the two of them. And ChatGPT came out in November, so it's a little bit more than a year old. And as it was going crazy, as everything was going crazy and things were moving so fast, selfishly, I was looking for something that went a little bit deeper than just the sort of like broader publications that target really broad audiences. You know, I understood what an LLM does. I understood that what transformers were and all that other stuff. And there wasn't anything kind of not going all the way down to the very bottom where guys like Nate Lambert and Jack Clark excel at, and they do an amazing job explaining the intense intricacies of it. But just something that was just like one, one level deeper. I think I was focused more on people like myself and other hobbyists, practitioners, and, you know, the people that have the credit card that are deciding, okay, which one are we going to be using internally if we're going to be using something in the first place where they don't need to understand the specifics of a given product. That's the MLE's problem. Sorry, machine learning engineers problem. Um, they just need to know why are we doing going with this one versus the other one, all that kind of stuff. And uh, a lot has changed uh, <laughs> in, the, in the last year. Things have moved much faster than I would have expected. I like to tell people I try to stay six weeks ahead of what's happening in AI, because that's about as good as I can do at this point, because it moves so quickly. But the idea is, what are people talking about that no one's writing about? You know, what are, I went to this event and here's the new technique or the new kind of product that's out there that everyone's playing around with that you haven't heard of. And yet the, for some reason, the thing has like freaking 50,000 stars on GitHub and ever, is everywhere, right? And so that was, so that was kind of the, the original idea. Running a thing is hard. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. Um, <laughs> So uh, to your point, maybe <laughs> soft, maybe, um, but yeah, so that's, that was, that was kind of the original idea. So, so has it from when you jumped in and just kind of the, the casual kind of business level watching what's happening in the investing space. And it's kind of like, well, all the money because of interest rates and this and that, and companies that are venture backed are struggling except for AI, there's kind of an explosion with like any component in that. Like, has there been just a, when it comes to just companies starting up, I mean, I think you you had a post last year that was late last year. There was like 29 startups in the space. Like, is it just like <laughs> every day someone else is getting a non-trivial amount of funding for filling some little slot somewhere in this entire ecosystem? And are you trying to kind of stay on top of that? Uh, it's a lot, you know, like that, that list was the, the, the premise of that list was, um, you know, chat GPT had just turned one and I was like, I don't know what to write. So like, here's a bunch of companies that I'm following, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, people liked it, which is great. Uh, it's like a lot of people was like, I've never heard of this company before, but that's really cool. But, you know, to your point, there's, you know, every week there's at least one new crazy, you know, team coming out, doing something that fits some really narrow slice of the pie. You know, I want to say sort of early December where this company called Mistral, which produces open source, large language models, we can get an open source, this is a whole other thing. You know, they raise a couple hundred million dollars, I think it was like a $2 billion valuation. And everyone was like, huh, like, what do they do? They like make a model, that's it. And 
And yeah, so so the you know when you're looking at but when you're looking at AI specifically, I think you know we're still like figuring out like what the hell to do with all this stuff. And when someone has an idea, they're like, hey, I think we could do this. Everyone's like, great, let's go try it. And here's some funny to go with it, and we'll see what happens. Which you know is is very like 2010, 2011 mentality, but I'm here for it to be clear. Like, I think it's, I think it's fun. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. Like it's, you know, every, every day, every week, there's, there's some, some new crazy project on GitHub or Hugging Face or some, you know, something along those lines. Do any of these companies reach out to you after you write about them? Cause I feel like you're almost like a sell side research analyst kind of talking about the whole <laughs> ecosystem and keeping track of your portfolio. Like I'm curious if everyone's like, actually that's like not how we think about ourselves or has anyone come back to correct you? Like I was, as I was reading your content, I was wondering so badly if that ever happened. Well, angry reader notes. Um, <laughs> I, I actually like, I, I prefer the brutal feedback. I think that's the most useful feedback. You know, unfortunately I don't, fortunately I don't get a lot of it. I do get some, but yeah, I mean, I reach out to every company that I hear of just, you know, I say like, Hey, like you want to chat? Like I heard about you guys doing X and whatever. And sometimes they get back to you. Sometimes they don't because everyone's really freaking busy. You know, there's the, there's this company called Langchain, which uh, is this really popular open source tool for creating, again, we can go into these, this stuff later called this thing called agents. So stuff, AI, they can like act on your behalf to do stuff. It's, it's called an, called an agent. The founder is a guy named Harrison Chase. And I remember he was at like four separate events over the span of like two days last year. And, you know, in 20, 2023 and giving like back-to-back talks. Cause I saw him one day at an event and I saw him the, again the following day at another event, <laughs> just everywhere. He's freaking everywhere. And so you know, everyone's out there, everyone's busy, everyone's like chasing, chasing everyone else around. So, you know, we, we do our best to keep up it and uh, keep track of everything, but sometimes it's just like, you know. <laughs> it's time to step away from the show for a quick word about Piwik Pro. Tim, tell us about it. Well, Piwik Pro has really exploded in popularity and keeps adding new functionality. They sure have. They've got an easy-to-use interface, a full set of features with capabilities like custom reports, enhanced e-commerce tracking, and a customer data platform. We love running Piwik Pro's free plan on the podcast website, but they also have a paid plan that adds scale and some additional features. Yeah, head over to Piwik.pro and check them out for yourself. You can get started with their free plan. That's Piwik.pro. And now let's get back to the show. But is your is your kind of watch in your? I mean, you you obviously can't go super super deep with any of them. Do you start to see something new has come up and said, "Wow, that seems really shaky," or that doesn't seem new? Like it's it is such a weird thing to be going through and just seeing like this is a language that I know. I'm reading an article. I understand <laughs> the subjects and verbs, and then there's just these kind of words that are mentioned and like it I can't imagine that they're all like equally legit with kind of what they're doing like is there is because I, I guess maybe backing up you you referred somewhere on your site about the the multi the the multi-billion dollar scaffolding assembled in the past few years is like a way to describe all of these companies and and like the what has occurred, well, you've said it as well, like all of these companies are incentivized for more of this stuff 
to happen. So if you're, if you're NVIDIA and you're kind of leading on the hardware front, do you, you want to just ride that train as long as you possibly can. You're not really incentivized to say, is there value being delivered to organizations or to the world at the end of the day? Like, like, I don't know. I don't know that there are a ton of, I don't think there are a lot of people who are like maliciously intentioned. It just feels like there's a risk that there are so many people that they're like, they're just kind of hopping on the train and they're assuming that whatever their little piece that they're plugging in, that's filling a legitimate need that somewhere the whole ecosystem is spitting viable and useful stuff out at, out at the end. And Mm -hmm. is it like, is that, should that be a concern about how much money is chasing this? You, I mean, referring to it as like, we've gone through this in Silicon Valley before and good stuff has come out, but not until stuff is imploded first. Right. Mm -hmm. What did, what did we call it? Venture funded capitalism in like the Uber, Uber and Lyft days. If I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, venture funded capitalism. I like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Was, this is like 20, 2014, 2015 when we thought on demand was like going to be the future of the future of everything. I guess. Well, I mean, even the original um, internet boom and you know the bubble, the original internet bubble bursting. I, I don't know. Like that gives me some pause. Well, no. I mean, it's yeah. No, I mean, it's it's totally justified. I mean, when you have like uh, this, like I mean, it's it's it, it is really a. Uh, well, for, there's a couple of reasons why, like one is we, we've gone through a lot of false starts. I think like, you know, you can look back at on demand and, and there's, there's clearly a ton of value created there and, and we got some really cool stuff out of it. You can call a car from your phone. That's pretty badass that you couldn't do back in like 2010. But, you know, was it the kind of like life altering technology that we thought it was going to be right when it started? No, it took uh, several years to kind of mature into what, what, was on demand best for, which is food delivery and cars like valet, probably not. Right. You know, car washes, probably not. Right. You know, all these, all these other things. Right. So with, with AI, there's a couple of things happening, but one is like when it came out, it's just cool as hell. Right. Like you, you boot up chat GPT and it's like telling you stuff that like may or may not be true, but it's like telling it to you in actual legible English. And like right from the get-go, it's useful in some ways or not. I mean, you know, trust but verify, right? But <laughs> right from the get-go, it's 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 useful. You can use it for, you know, writing for code. I use it for writing code all the time. I, it's, you know, it's great. I, when, when it goes down, I'm totally screwed. I've like forgotten how to do all this stuff and like forgotten how to Google for stuff. <laughs> and so I think that you can sort of look back on, you know, 2010 and 2011 and as all these things were happening, there were a lot of really cool ideas coming out, like Foursquare. If you guys remember checking in at at um, you know bars where they were giving you like free glasses of wine. James and, still does it. Like, he still does it. He's the last holdout. I still, I still do for meaningless coins. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. but there's you know there was a time there were like three Foursquares, right? There was yeah. Goala and and uh, I can't remember the other one, the third one. And but you know with AI, just you can think of it as happening on like a really compressed timeline, right? So like the like two years of mobile like investment blowing up this has happened in like six months probably and so that's so you know what 
unfortunately we've all been here to to see all this stuff happen multiple times i feel like but like when you when you think about it it's just like it's it just happens on like a very fast timeline which is you say like oh like mistral raised you know a ton of money at a several billion dollar valuation that's awesome wait another one already did it holy crap like you know however long you know however long later um or like oh like here's another you know big company with a bunch of big names behind it that also like raised a ton of money and so so inevitably there's a shakeout, right? Like there's like, there's always a shakeout for how these companies are going to, which ones are going to land and actually be useful and, and which ones aren't. This happened every single time, right? It turns, like I said, turns out on-demand valet wasn't that useful and it was kind of expensive. <laughs> so we didn't end up going with it, but like, you know, calling a car on your phone is pretty awesome. Uh, even if it's expensive now, <laughs> um, <laughs> And this, you know, the same thing happened in mobile, right? And the same thing, you know, happened in, in all these and all these other big, you know, transition phases. And so, you know, it'll inevitably happen. And and it already ha- I mean, again, like we're all in analytics, right? So we are like very familiar with like how big the stack is at this point and like how like you know, eventually things will probably coalesce to like Snowflake and DBT and like maybe three other things, right? Instead of like the 20 things that we have in place right now. So, so but like these, these, it always happens this way, right? And the, the, again, again, I think the difference here is that um, we haven't really had a new tech that has just like worked right freaking away. To be clear, this also is like not brand, brand new, like GPT-3 was in 2022, I want to say and so three five is is you know it's like an iteration like the nth iteration of of all this stuff chat gpt just happened to be like the here's how everyone can use it here's here's how everyone can interface with it uh so you know it took a while to get here in the first place but i think this sort of scale at which like people found it useful right from the get-go sparked a like a a lot of of excitement from both casual people saying hey like write me a you know bedtime story for my kid because I can't keep track of, of everything that's happening <laughs> in their head or like, Hey, like I'm a VC. Like, can you write me an intro email to this company that I'm trying to invest in? Like all that kind of stuff. Right. So it's, it's, you know, it's just, it just happens. Like it's, everything is happening just on a much faster, faster Impressed. timeline. So if we were really honest with ourselves, were we really asking those types of questions when we first started? <laughs> because <laughs> Not that I'm willing to share, you know, my browser history, but I definitely, my first prompt was asking, <laughs> can you write a poem about the quintessential analyst, Tim Wilson? Oh, geez. Oh, <laughs> was the first thing. But I bet you will be like one of those things, like you kind of remember what your first query was or your first prompt. So mm-hmm. is this where we share, Tim, yeah. what yours was? I don't remember. And I'm very sad <laughs> for you. Julie, uh, <laughs> how about you, Julie? Well, I feel very exposed because I haven't actually prompted anything. I've been a little busy. I haven't done anything with it. To be honest. That's fair. The bedtime stories, that's a great one. But do you remember? Yeah, that Matthew? is a good one. Yeah. However, in about an hour, <laughs> she may be. Uh, yeah, for. Yeah. First prompt, uh, you are not at any point to refer to yourself as an AI chatbot and you like keep this as conversational as possible. Like, I think, I think it was like, what do you want to call yourself or something like that? And like, you know, or like give yourself a name. So I know like I'm talking to like talking to some, something on the other end for convenience purposes more than anything else. (laughs) Like not for like anthropomorphication, (laughs) more just like, like, hey, Chachi PT, do you want to do access? Like, this kind of doesn't roll off the tongue as well as like a, a, a name, Smart. real name does. <laughs> That's fun. Actually, I was going to ask. So, you were starting to talk kind of about the like the land grab 
phase that we're in with all of these companies and AI. And I kind of wanted to ask you, I mean, it sounds like you, you've kind of already alluded to this and we know the cycle that we're going through. There isn't room for all of them. Something is going to end up, you know, acquisitions, people are going to kind of carve out their own spaces. And I was wondering if we could actually start by talking about what are the spaces these companies are fighting for? I mean, Tim, you kind of talked about one company earlier was in like the hardware space. Like, what are some of those other categories that they're going to be fighting for, I'm you know, saying land, but like space and land in? And then after that, I was hoping to know, who do you think will be successful in some of those areas? <laughs> six weeks out. We'll come back to this. I made a face on the second one for people that don't have video here. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's a little something for everyone in it. Right. I mean, I think when you're talking about like the bare metal, like the house does always win here because everything has to happen on Azure or AWS or GCP and using NVIDIA hardware, or Oracle hardware, or, something along those lines. So like that's, that's, you know, that's, that's locked, honestly. Like, I mean, Mm. there's, you know, there's a lot of like startups trying to build new technology for like at the Silicon level to try and rethink like, Oh, training stuff, training machine learning models on data, how to inference them, which is basically like calling them from an API. The term we use is inferencing, I guess. And uh, so there's some stuff happening there. Like they'll, you know, maybe one or two of them will be successful. I think I'm not going to like, I don't want to call any shots, obviously. <laughs> Although like, you know, Cerebrus is pretty big, obviously. So, uh, which is another, that's a, that's a big chip company. But, you know, again, we're, we're all in analytics. Like the stack is pretty freaking large and the stack mm-hmm. for AI is also like increasingly kind of spiraling out of control over time, which uh, Fortunately, like a lot of stuff we're already using, um, or like I used to use it at least when I was a snowflake jockey, uh, is still still gonna still gonna be in use. Like we're you know we're all gonna be using Databricks and snowflake most likely for the foreseeable future, and, and you know BigQuery is the the runner up prize here most likely. But as you start to like kind of get up to that point of oh yeah, I, I typed in hey what do you want to call yourself and and you know some server fired off the, an answer. I can't even remember the name now. That's how that's how much has happened. Um, there, there's like a slice for a lot of things, right? So, you know, there has to be a GitHub for this. Is it GitHub? It's actually not GitHub. It's a company called Hugging Face, which is worth four and a half billion dollars. They host a lot of this stuff, you know, like this traditional, like old school ML stuff, but also like Mistral. You can, I think if you can download, you know, type some, some offshoots of the Mistral models there, which is a, the new most popular open source one and like all these other kind of Mistral instruct tune beluga orca dot 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 77 the number one performing model on the llm leaderboard like i don't don't google this it's like i'm (laughs) speaking actual english here in ai (laughs) um it's, it's 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 that's it's a lot to lot to wrap your head around but you know it's but, you know, there has to be software for training all these models. And uh, you don't want to go all the way down to, like, the very bare bottom, like, code this in Fortran. Well, not, probably not Fortran. We were talking about Fortran earlier. Fortran earlier. <laughs> um, probably not Fortran. But, you know, you, you don't want to be using, like, uh, NVIDIA's kind of arcane soft, uh, software development stuff, which is called CUDA. You'd rather be using, like, C++ or Python. And so there's stuff that kind of abstracts that away to make the development a little bit easier, you know, there's the actual like frameworks like PyTorch and TensorFlow and Jax is from Google is another increasingly popular one for managing training of these models and, and you know, constructing them and customizing them and stuff like that. 
there's a there are companies that do that for you. Like there's one called AnyScale that handles that for you. So you you don't even have to use PyTorch. You can just like it's even like way even simpler than that. And then there are companies above that that like do all of the below for you, where they just calling where they're just calling AnyScale or like other you know other kinds of infrastructure. It's it's increasingly like. It's- do not mind the person behind the curtain. Like, yeah. and there's like more curtains. Like, <laughs> I mean, the analytics stack seems bad enough. Like, I'm just thinking, you know, people say like, oh, we're going to take certain pieces in house or build things out. Like, I feel like there's no way people are going to be able to build out any part of those things themselves. Like, they are going to have to go to the big companies, like you were saying, to be able to use any of this. It or, feels like, or or the startup that's saying they're going to abstract it. Right. I mean, it it does feel like. I mean, the, the modern data stack, like it, when we look back on the, the hype cycle for the modern data stack, like that felt like, like a, a precursor where it didn't take that long. It was a similar thing. Like, well, you have, you know, this problem, you're managing your data catalog is going to be hard. So let's start up companies to do better data catalog stuff. And the, I don't know, the way you just describe that as being like, well, they, somebody says we're going to solve this niche and then they solve that and say, well, that niche has to work with this other niche, niche, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, and then, oh, that's complicated. So now somebody else comes along and says, put us on top of it. And it's all in like, no one can really put it together. And then you brought, you, you, you reference Databricks a lot in what you write. And I barely scratched the surface of vaguely being aware of what Databricks was doing 18 months ago. And when I saw it, I think it was actually things you were writing where I was like, wait, Databricks is at the core of the AI? Like when did, how much is that happening with, like Databricks didn't start out saying we're in AI, but you even today you've brought them up multiple times. Like that seems like the core. How much are companies pivoting saying that's what we do? And I know there are some companies that are pivoting saying we've been doing AI all along. So now oh, yeah. we're just going <laughs> to brand it more that way. But when it from a product develop like wasn't Databricks just kind of another one of those sit on top manage help spark. you manage data yeah, yeah. Uh, manage yeah so but now it's at the core of AI that had to be a product that was more than just a positioning shift that was mm-hmm. them saying we're gonna play in this ecosystem right yeah well I mean I think like so when you look at uh, like the it's someone described it as like to the two like binary stars of snowflake and databricks like violently orbiting around each other and then like the 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 periphery of like all these little startups that kind of like exist uh on on like the like you know first second third rings around them orbiting orbiting around them you know i mean data what was databricks awesome at like lake architecture Right, unstructured data, like dump every dump everything. Don't even have to think about it. Uh, you know, managing Parquet files, which now there's a startup trying to do new Parquet. So that's a whole thing. And Parquet is like a big file format for uh, if I'm like glossing over this stuff really fast. Um, I'm, but, I'm also just thinking our trans our transcription is like machine assisted human transcription, and this going to be a doozy for the <laughs> for the people who don't like to listen to the show but love to scan the transcript, like. Oh boy, this is going to yeah. be a fun one. Uh, P A R Q U E T. Did I say that right? I think. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, it's and unstructured data is is where a lot of these AI models are are trained on. So the raw documents of just like gobbledygook text uh, instead of <laughs> instead of like neatly 
semi neatly assembled tables that like may or may not make sense and hopefully are not deprecated and for for all this stuff and that's what these that's what these processes do is it's just like stick a hand in this late data lake rip out information that's needed to train it and and on the other end you get chat gpt that says blah 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 like you know pretends they know the origin of what was the company called uh, that you talked that for, further, right? Uh, oh, further. <laughs> the, the, the precursor to further, you know, pretends it knows what, what it's talking about. And, uh, and it's, it's honestly, it's kind of true for a lot of companies where the tools for what powers a lot of modern AI actually like existed already, but there wasn't like a, a scale moment, right? There wasn't like a blow up, like this is actually how we reach a billion users, status it was like hey like can you help me predict whether or not someone is going to buy a blue bottle coffee when they buy like a coffee grinder uh and uh, put it in the checkout cart to like you know it's like stuff stuff like that right um what what was the the, what was the piece that made the scale was it the gpus was it the was it the what what made the scale possible was it two or three things coming together well it's it's just it, it wasn't it was basically there was there was a reason for it to exist for consumer usage and anyone could, anyone could build something like this. Like Facebook, when Facebook launched, like why is Facebook like a billion, a billion have, you know, a billion people on it because it's a consumer app and everyone wants to use it and post photos of their dog and stuff like that. Um, and they of course like have their own internal, internal stack. And when you look at companies like Databricks originally, it was like, okay, what can we do? We can help you do this, you know, like I said, this churn model or this like recommendation system and stuff like that. Just give us all your data and we'll like do this stuff for you to the extent that we can. And and if we can't do it, we have these whole, this whole network of partners that can help you do it. But like, were these companies touching like a billion users? Like, absolutely not. Well, maybe, like maybe they were like, some companies were touching like large, large users, but like, was there a Facebook? Definitely not. Right. Um, and then ChatGPT comes along and gets to you know 100 million weekly active users uh, in whatever whatever time period it was, whenever the dev day happened after like when Sam Altman was like kicked out of the company for six days or something like that. That like then then it was just like oh my god like I could put this in my product and and suddenly there's like everything has like a consumer feel to it and that's pulling from the way I customize it is like pulling from this data and so. Suddenly, anyone could just imbue their stuff with the consumer experience. Most of chatbots right now, obviously, but like we'll get to like other stuff at some point in the future. But everyone could like instantaneously imbue a um, customer experience with this, and so all of this data became way more useful. Like immediately, like overnight, there were everyone was just like, "Holy crap!" Like, where are we on LLMs? You know, whether that's how can we efficiently pull data out to throw into GPT four to provide like a better response. From it, the it's a, uh, the the technique is called retrieval augmented generation, uh, RAG, R-A-G, and or like should we just build our own from scratch? Which is why they bought Mosaic for 1.3 billion. I'm I'm throwing. There's gonna be a lot of fact checking here. I feel like, um, <laughs> um, which is basically you have all this data. Like, let's make build your own chat. Build your own GPT four, and, and so it's basically like overnight, all of this became instantly more valuable. Any scale, again, I keep coming back to these guys, but you know, any scale, for example, like they served like you know, standard machine learning models like churn and things like that. And all of a sudden, like you can build an LLM with them and and you get an API on the other end and you, you can use it right immediately. Or you can customize an LLM and use it immediately. It's like suddenly like they've fallen into this business that has direct immediate 
consumer application or has like a consumer feel to it. Scale AI, you know, they were like a data labeling company and it turns out that like data labeling is like important for data for it actually be useful. And so they just like managed to fall into like one of the most important businesses in the, in the next like current and probably, or sorry, 2024, probably 2025, 2026. And, and, and so the, all these companies, like they, they, they had been doing stuff in this area for a while and Databricks just happened to be probably one of the bigger ones, I think, because they were effectively like the lake data lake company to work with. Uh, and they had like all like ML flow and, and, and all this other stuff, right. To, to make that stuff, to make your life a little bit easier for, for putting together these models. But it's sort of like all of these tools became just like way more useful overnight. And Databricks is definitely one of them and probably one of the core ones because like there's just all the data was already there and mechanisms to access it were already there because they were already being accessed for ML models to begin with. There was like fine tuning of, of LLMs well before this with BERT, which is like a smaller one going back to 2018 or 2017. I can't remember at this point, speaking of moving fast. <laughs> But, 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 you know, Databricks is just like, again, it, it went from being like a important company for ML to being a really, really, really important company for ML in the same way that all these other companies became like scale went from a company that was important in ML to like really, really important in ML. And so, so I think it's just, uh, it, again, it goes back to that, like, you know, launch and like, holy crap, it works. Whoa. Like that was, that was cool. Well, but like it worked right away. <laughs> do you have a sense of like, is that does that generate chaos inside these when, when one of these companies goes through like the, Oh my God, we, we've become super important. You know, there's a blow up in demand, but there's gotta be blowing up like feature needs. And all of a sudden they need product managers who were kind of working their way along at some pace. And now all of a sudden they're just like, go, go. Like it, it feels it's like you're like if you're building scaffolding and saying, well, we we go like one floor every hour, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, they're building at two floors an hour next door, and we better keep up. <laughs> like all of a sudden, do I want do I want scaffolding to get built in a really really like rapid rate? Like is there is there fragility? Is there risk there? I mean, it, even like OpenAI was whatever weird business stuff, but it some part of it was like all of a sudden they became the center of the universe and then Mm -hmm. weird shit started to happen organizationally. Like, is there, is that happening at these, like, are you talking to people who have like, they're like, I'm I'm coding 18 hours a day and pushing stuff out and can't get it through. I mean, is is that happening? (laughs) Should we be scared? Oh, hopefully we don't do 18. Hopefully we do 14 instead of 18 now. Uh, (laughs) Since we're not, since this isn't isn't like 2016. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's like any startup, right? Like scaling startups is really freaking hard, you know, especially if you have like a team that's working and then like, you know, you start adding new people on and it rocks the boat and, you know, things, people start getting pissed off and leaving and all that other stuff. And, and there's, you know, it's, like the, I, I will say, like I definitely appreciate having worked at startups because you get to see on the other end how much complete, like no one knows actually what they're doing, and like permanent <laughs> decisions are made on the spot in Slack uh, that you that you can't correct that you can't correct um, or, or can't or can't change. Uh, having been part of these discussions, um, and and so you know, it's it's like it's the same problem that startups have have always faced, you know and grow, you know, growing pains, blah, blah, blah. The challenge with AI though, is obviously like to your point, like the, the scales is immediate and, and, and fast. And you have so many competitors all at once that, that just appear overnight. 
And so it's like a big challenge for these these companies like founders that are maybe they're like first time founders and they had, you know, this insane idea of starting a media publication for some reason in 2023 and 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 figuring out like how do you like how do you methodically scale that? And some of them are going to go great and some of them are not going to go so great. You know, stability AI is probably like the poster child of things not going so great after launching Stable Diffusion or not launching but uh, you know kind of taking over um, managing stable diffusion, which is like the one of the kind of cultural moments of AI where suddenly you could type in a thing and there was an astronaut on a horse. And obviously there's been a lot of reporting about there's, you know, some stuff like weird stuff that happens there. Right. Uh, and so, the, so it's going to be like, it's the same as like any, any, any big startup shift for, I mean, going back to MDS, you know, one of the things that the MDS probably had as an advantage over AI is, st- you know, things moved a little bit more slowly in terms of like deployment and development. Like DBT, I think is a good example of a company that that a lot of people think moves really methodically. And, you know, I, I encourage everyone to hang out in the DBT Slack. It's great. Um, <laughs> and that, that kind of, it, it's hard to have that mentality in, in AI because it's sort of constantly all hands on deck because, you know, you'll be going to bed and the next morning, Mistral comes out with a crazy open source model, casually dropping a link to a torrent on Twitter after you spent, you know, probably dozens of hours putting together a huge marketing deck and material for, for Gemini. And then all of a sudden, like, that's the story of the day because like, you know, turns out that Mistral has this chance of like blowing you up if you're not careful. And uh, we're talking about Google. Um, and uh <laughs> And, uh, and, and so it's, yeah, so it's, so it's just, uh, but I mean, it's, it's a challenge for, for any, any founder and any startup. Um, it's also a very big challenge for like larger companies, which move really slow, like Google traditionally, like moves pretty slowly relative to, uh, I mean, it used to move really quickly. Now it moves a little bit more slowly than compared to other companies and they can just get hit overnight with some big release happening from a startup that can move, you know, 50 times, hundred times faster than they can. So, so it's like, yeah, again, like kind of going back to the 2010s, 2015 MBS, like 2020s MBS era, like that, but escalated like to like a hundred X. So as a company, like how do you even know where to start? If you want to start getting into using AI and you need all of these other companies to like help support you in doing it, like, how do you make decisions? And then on the other side, as a startup in that space, how do you communicate to the people you want to like buy your service or your software or whatever? Like, how do you communicate the benefit of working with them? And then how do you compete against all those people? Like, my head is spinning in the fact of it's so <laughs> complex for the companies to figure out how they compete with the others. And then as a consumer of their service or products or whatever, like, how, how do you know what you need even? And who to work with? Yes, <laughs> that's crazy. I uh, well, I mean, it's it's um, uh, no, I mean, it's like it is wild, right? I mean, you talk to, I mean, you can talk to a lot of companies, and the the kind of order for Gen AI, and let's be clear, like we should separate like AI and Gen AI out, like because these are like Gen AI is like a generative AI is like a subset of like AI, and. That's part of the reason why I called the newsletter supervised because it's like a joke. Because um, uh, <laughs> most problems are easy and don't require like all the crazy stuff that we're doing right now. And so the the order for Gen AI is like comes from on high. Like the CEO is like, where are we on AI? Whereas like AI is like, hey, the head of data is like, 
what if we introduce a turn model? That seems like a good idea. Okay, like let's evaluate and see what's out there. And everyone knows what happens when you get an email at two in the morning from your CEO saying like, hey, where are we on this? You know, things like things start to get a little like crazy and and uh, everyone everyone, is, everyone jumps to Google or Bard now very fast to figure to figure this out. So, so I think that's part of where the, the, the confusion stems from is just how do we even just get started on this? And most of the time it's like, let's put a chatbot in. That seems like a good idea. But you, you start to see kind of like some, some interesting stuff happening and, and emerging that goes beyond code generation and, and chatbots and, and things like that. But I think a lot of, a lot of companies, they just like don't really know what they want to do other than they're like, we need to do something or we're going to get beaten by our competitors who are also thinking we need to do something or we're going to get beaten by our yeah. competitors. Um, well, well, except that, I mean, there, there's a degree of like the, the, there's the signaling, like we want to signal to the market that we're doing something with AI, which, which is funny. Like I've had discussions with companies like that, that can be okay. Like you're in the, you're selling widgets and you're from on high, it's where are we with AI and really it doesn't, matter if it's really the smartest thing to do we just have to be able to tell our customers or the street Board. or somebody that we're, <laughs> we're we're doing stuff with ai which in the grand picture you'd rather it's like i have a hammer and i've got to go find something to whack with it as opposed to <laughs> wow i got this really nice hammer it's along in my tool belt with a screwdriver and a wrench and this other stuff now when i turn to my business problems, a hammer is an option. Like mm-hmm. we, we just definitely feel like we're in that manic phase where it doesn't matter. We just need to have something. And I think it's probably, I think there's a lot of confusion when mm-hmm. in the business world, a lot of people say AI and they are thinking generative AI. And then there are a lot of vendors that are saying, well, we've been doing AI because we've got machine mm-hmm. learning that can be used to trigger activities. So that's basically AI. So now we're going to say that we're doing AI and it, it does feel like it's causing a lot of kind of confusion and FOMO and lots of things that aren't necessarily the most efficient way to get from point A to value. Cause then it's like looking around who, where are we with AI? I don't know. Find, you know, you know, (laughs) Sue, the intern can start, you know, she took a class, you know, she just graduated last year and she, she knows how to write, write how to, she she had a class where she used TensorFlow. And so all of a sudden you're putting something into production. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Sorry. That might've been. No, 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 no. I mean, it's like, it's true, right? It's, it's uh, a lot of it is just like, we need to be able to tell our board that we're an AI or we're doing some, something with AI. And I think, you know, to, to your point, when we talk about the, like the kind of manic phase, it, it's on both ends, right? So it's like on the companies that are saying, oh, we got to like do something in AI. What are we going to do? And then you have this whole other group of companies that are like, Oh crap! Like we can what? Like what should we build an AI to like work up work with generative AI? Because like we already do AI related stuff, and and so like what should we build like right now to plug into this like generative AI stack? And you know, again, to your point, we still don't know exactly like what to do with the tech, other than the fact that it's like cool as hell, and like everyone wants to use it because it is it is pretty awesome, but. It's it's sort of the the like value like the ROI from it is not like a hundred percent clear for a lot of use cases. There are some like code generation is like a good example. 
of like there's a that's a very obvious value add you have people like me that are using it probably way too much and forgetting how to <laughs> the difference between lock and iLock and stuff like that right and that's an obvious one and then you know there's like for assistance you know there's that's another pretty obvious one like you know notions assistant app is really awesome and and pretty complex to 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 put together in the first place so there's and then there's this idea of like agents which is like you know creating tools that can act on your behalf to do more arbitrary tasks instead of like write an email for me and the, you know, iambic pentameter of like whatever. It's like, Hey, you're now Shakespeare. And I want you to respond to everyone who works at uh, who's called me from Salesforce and the sales department and tell them I don't need Salesforce, but like write it in the form of Shakespeare. And there's like more, there's more steps there that go into that. But like, that's like, you know, that's another like possible, like, outcome from a product perspective. So it's, it's very much, it's, it's a lot of toys right now with a small subset of, of useful, like genuinely useful, like, okay, like these are, these are actually going to be businesses and, you know, image generation, mid journey is another really good, really good example, I think. But, you know, I, I, again, to your point, it's like, remember when check-ins were we, everything had to have a check-in and if you didn't have a check-in you were totally screwed or like geo like if you didn't have geo in your app like you were totally screwed like you know what's your what's your geolocation strategy um <laughs> and and now we're so, same thing right and so it's like do, oh, what's what should we do like add a check-in like you know tim's at this bar doing whatever or at this coffee shop doing whatever right and it's like well like why do i need to know that in yammer like or, or, sales, <laughs> <Yeah>. or salesforce <laughs> and uh, yeah you know it's it's same thing i mean everything old is new again right and and uh it's you know again we kind of keep going back to the same thing but it's just you know just faster because we're all extremely online now and compared to where we were like you know 2010 2016 so I have a question for you, Matthew, about a piece of advice that you could give to analysts where they're kind of stuck in this place where the CEO is asking them like, hey, what could we put in our goals as far as AI this year that email at two in the morning? And you know better than to run around with a hammer, like Tim said, but like you're kind of stuck in this middle place. Like what advice would you have for how to approach it? Or like what would be the best way to start centering yourself in those business problems and make yourself aware of the applications that might make most sense for your business? Like where would someone start on that journey? I, I would say, so like if you're an analyst, the first question is like, why can't we do NLP with, for, for data? Like, why can't we, like, why can't I just like query? Like what's my turn rate for X? And uh, it's because it turns out that's really freaking hard, but um, like, I feel like no one's actually figured that out yet. And it's gonna we're a long ways off from it. But, uh, you know, I think it's like, it, it kind of goes back to, okay, what, what are our actual like business needs other than like at AI and, you know, what are our OKRs? And cause obviously, you know, the 2am email is everyone's gotten the 2am email before. And, uh, there's obviously a lot of excitement, you know, ar- around it. Uh, just, but just kind of like, you know, if we're, if we're analysts, like our job is to like track these things. Our job is to be, you know, tracking these OKRs and, and KPIs in the first place. And so the question is like, okay, well, like, how come here are the, the three or four or five common use cases for AI, like chatbot, code gen, whatever, right? You know, write my DBT template for me for the love of God. And how can how can we like actually like from those get to value, like get to the actual like value of what it is we're trying to do? 
like a good example is like exploratory data analysis is, is, you know, CodeGen is beautiful for that. It's like awesome. Like ChatGPT is, I mean, again, trust but verify. Add the asterisk to every single sentence, trust but verify. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like having a coding buddy to, you know, the, again, like, hey, like, can you do a bootstrap test for this instead of like going through the pain in the ass of, of, of doing all this? That's an easy one, right? And so thinking like, okay, like you want to do something in AI, like, what are our goals with this in the first place? Well, first off, let's have coffee. Like, let's <laughs> talk about this in person, 3D preferred instead of Zoom. And, uh, and you know, what's, but like, you know, what's, what are our goals with, like, how do we think that this can feed the business? You know, these are the five or six common use cases that are out there that I've seen so far. Obviously, there could be more that we're, you know, we haven't evaluated yet. But, uh, you know, I can see from our current, like what we're currently tracking, we could improve productivity of our software engineers by X based off of data from Retool and GitHub and whatever. If we implemented code gen internally, here are the potential downsides of doing that in terms of like data leakage or, or whatever. But, you know, it would improve Jira ticket request, drop Jira ticket request by four, I don't know, whatever. Like pick, a, pick an OKR and say like, okay, like here's how it could feed your OKR. Uh, okay, we'll do that. And like, I've staved you off for a week for this. Until, uh, not, not, that, not that it's a bad idea. Not that that's a bad idea. <laughs> I Like anyone saying I want to use AI, it's like, well, do you have a hypothesis about how it will deliver value and how would you actually measure the performance? Like to me, it should go back to, it can go back to analyst speak, kind of what you're saying. Like let's, let's tie it to an OKR. Like have it is coffee. I, I mean, I love the, I mean, I think plugging like, Hey, I should, analysts maybe should subscribe to this supervised newsletter. Cause there's a degree <laughs> of letting this stuff. I mean, it is still overwhelming as I try to go through it, but I also recognize that the way the human brain is going to be, processing this is it's going to be useful because it's going to be when when i need to make a decision i I kind of just immersing myself in it is going to help make it smarter but putting on the analyst hat of saying if they say we want to use ai like okay well let's have a conversation about what problem we're trying to solve can we align on a problem and how we think ai might solve it you're being able to outline Hey, these are four or five classes of use cases. Does one of these align with a business problem? Okay, now let's think of that as a hypothesis. Using an LLM, we could reduce our customer service investment because we yeah, could have a better chatbot. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now, how are we going to actually measure whether it's happening? The success can't be we rolled out the chatbot. We need to have rolled out a chatbot that actually achieves the business goal. So do you think, sorry, quick one. Do you think that if people, okay, with the complexity of AI and everything we've been talking about, do you think companies will be left in the dust if they don't jump on it now and try to start figuring it out? Or do you think there is some benefit to like letting the water settle a little and see how some things shake out before they're, you know, suddenly trying to use AI somewhere in their company? Most companies are waiting for the water to settle. Okay. Like to be so to be clear, like AI is like it's a, it's definitely like a thing, but it is very loud, and uh, loud does not necessarily equate to big in the at scale. Mm. And the the reality I think is is 
like no one wants to be the first person to put the wrong chart up on a, in a board meeting. Like that's like, the, you do not want to be that person. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to be the lawyer who had your, your yeah. ground. Your, right, your right, 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 right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like no one wants to, like no company wants to be like the first company to, to do that because it's, it's not good. Um, and like you're, you will be the Harvard case study, unfortunately, uh, even if there, even if there's someone worse than you, you're going to be the, the Harvard case study. So like most companies are wait and see, I think mm. like, um, like, and we're talking about like, you know, you have Salesforce was just happier saying, Oh, I'd sign and whatever. And da, 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 da. And, and they, they like kind of have to have a story in AI because they, they're at like a scale in the tech industry because we're incredibly naval gazy in this industry that they have to have like some story to tell in the first place. Like are the products useful? Like it depends on the situation you're in, right? It depends on like the company that you work for. Like it depends on like, are you doing a Salesforce migration? Um, like all, all that stuff. Right. But like the majority of companies in like the fortune 500, whatever you want to call it, like they're just like hanging out. Right. They're just like, okay, hold on. Like let's like let this shake out for a second and then see what Apple, like Apple doesn't even have an LM. They're like, they're, they're working on them. Right. But like, is there like a, uh, like is Siri an LLM? Absolutely not. Right. Uh, just going to insert that the, the time gap between when we're recording and when this rolls out again, if Apple has launched an LLM when you're (laughs) listening to this, then it's possible you can trace back to some window of when we're actually recording this. And, In late 2021. No, no. Yeah, yeah. 2023, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't going to give it that way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, like most companies are just like waiting, right? And, like just like what, like wait and see like what what tech ends up being useful. And and for the, the actual like the data companies that are like the ones that are going to be powering the majority of the stuff, they have an incentive to not pick winners because they want the like ecosystem to like, play out because at the end of the day they just want you oh. want compute happening on them right they want you like using your their product to like execute some kind of operation like that could be a snowflake or mongo or redshift or you know bigquery like azure like any of them like pick any of them like at the end of the day they just want more compute happening because that's like revenue for them and that's great wow. and they don't really care where it comes from and if they pick the wrong company then they could just inadvertently send us down like a pathway that it doesn't end up working out as like, as intended. Um, and so they kind of also have to sort of sit back and say like, okay, like let's let this play out as like in the like insane mechanism it is. And we'll partner with everyone and like, you know, sort of add integrations for everything and then like wait and see, like just wait and see what, what ends up being really successful and like, we'll build in the stuff that we think is really interesting that our customers want, or we'll just like wait, like, and see like, which, you know, how our vector database is going to play out. Like that's a big part of AI, AI right now. And, and so there, so there is like, there are a lot of like the majority of companies are on the sidelines, just kind of like letting the watching fireworks happen. Like (laughs) someone, someone unintentionally set it off all at once. And it's like blowing up in the, like blowing up in the distance. Uh, If you guys, if you guys remember that, that video, right. Uh, Of the entire fireworks. Off at once. So good. Uh, So so they're just like waiting, just waiting to see, to see how things play out. And so like the case of like the, you know, your CEO calls you at 2am and 2am and you're like, Hey, where are we? Uh, there's a good case to be made, but like, we should just like hang out for a second and like wait for until, until we see like other people, what other people are doing and then like follow their example 
or, or not in the opposite direction, depending on how things go. Um, and, and, you know, there'll be a number of companies that I think will be like, are they're more tech forward notion, I think is a good example, right. Where they, uh, they have the like agility to add and put out these kinds of like heavy duty, like beefy AI products that are difficult to put together, but the, you know, they're, they're hard, they're hard to get out the door. Um, and they can be good test cases and I can just sit here and be like, okay, cool. Like wait and see, was it popular? Great. Let's integrate it. Like, let's do it. We'll do something like that. So, so you you know, going back to the analyst situation, uh, you know, what, like, what should we do in AI? Just like, well, what are our competitors doing? They're not doing anything. So like, let's just like, hold on for a second yeah, and like, the, let's not get too excited here. The video of the fireworks <laughs> going off, be like, listen, yeah. <laughs> we got a minute to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's stay over here. Well, so, I mean, we, this could be two or three hours. I'm not sure. I, I your rate of being able to rattle off these technologies is still a little, a little mind boggling. Unnerving. Uh, <laughs> unnerving. Yeah. <laughs> but this has been a great discussion. Unfortunately, the, the clock is ticking and we need to head to a wrap. So before we do that, we always like to go around and have a last call, something of interest or note or share worthy, whether related to AI or not, but what's not related to AI. So Matthew, you're our guest. Would you like to go first with a last call? I don't know. Like stuff's crazy. Just grab a hot chocolate and listen to <laughs> lo-fi beats to relax slash study to before you make any serious decisions, I guess. And, <laughs> or the synth version or the synth wave one. There's a synth wave one now apparently. And uh, yeah, like it's, you know, it's fast. So uh <laughs> I, I'm probably going to make it. It's probably going to be like four weeks ahead instead of six weeks by the time this comes out. So, Jeez. Wow. Uh, Julie, do you have a last call? Um, I do. So this one, it was a link kind of buried in a newsletter I get every day a few weeks back, and it's called the Eternal Jukebox. Pretty sure it's powered by AI, but I thought it was really cool. You pretty That'd much... be morning brew. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you pretty much get to put in your favorite song. It looks it up on Spotify and then it loads it. And I like the visual of it even. It's a circle and it's got different coloration for like the notes and it represents the song. And then it has all these connections across the circle and you can watch as the song plays. And when it hits one of those like connection points, it jumps back and forth around the circle and you can see it kind of like grows outwardly every section of the song it's played. Um, and it just keeps going your favorite song and it's like jumping around it. And I thought it was pretty cool. So have so, you put Poppy in front of it and out. seen if she is enchanted by the, <laughs> I haven't, but I'm pretty sure she would be. She likes any screen at this point, but I should, I've been wanting to play with a couple different songs. I did like one or two so far and it was pretty good. So check it out. Very cool. Yeah. Val, do you still have a voice to share a last call? <laughs> I'll do my best. So this is a build off of a previous last call that you had, Julie. You recommended the Ologies podcast, um, and I'm super addicted to them. And there was one recently that was like a reboot or like a, a revised or revisited episode from an entomologist. And entomologist, if I'm saying that correctly with my crackly voice, Helen Zaltzman, and she has a podcast called The Illusionist. They're like 30 minute episodes. And there was one that she recommended on the Ologies podcast talking about breaking down apologies. And I was like, how could there be an entire podcast episode about apologies? 
But not only did she prove me wrong because it was super fun and entertaining and I learned a bunch, but there was like three experts who like dedicated their lives to like breaking down <laughs> apologies. I was like, this is incredible. So I just love people who are like so passionate about their craft, which is one of the many reasons why I really loved today's conversation today, Matthew. So again, thank you for being a guest. And yeah, uh, the illusionist with an A podcast. It was awesome. So that's my last call. That's awesome. How about you, Tim? So I'm going to do a quick twofer. One of them is kind of on the AI front. So Jason Packer, I feel like I've had him as a last call before, but he and Juliana Jackson kind of wrote, co-wrote a post that's pretty lengthy called Outsider Thinking in the Age of AI. And it's, it, it's I think Jason said it was like 5,000 words. It actually took me two sittings to read it because I had to go somewhere. But it's kind of a, just amusing. It's not necessarily going to answer your questions about AI, but it's got some details about the Turing test that I didn't know. It references the shags, which is a very strange musical phenomenon that happened. It's got <laughs> outsiders versus Mavericks. It's got Picasso. It's got Van Gogh. So it's like Jason's brain. And then Juliana came in and added like more stuff. And it's just kind of musings about sort of the outsider thinking being something that AI is is not good about uh, not not good at doing and kind of breaking down why that is and then the second thing since this is our first episode of the year so people are kind of getting maybe out of the holidays and heading into what am i doing professionally i'll put in a plug for measure camps so there is the measure camp calendar at measurecamp.org but i'll also call out specifically that the us which i don't think has had an in-person measure camp since like 2020 maybe even before that has two already scheduled for in person one's on the 2nd of march in austin and one is on the 13th of april uh, it's measure camp new york but that's actually in new jersey and val can probably explain why you do things in one state but you call it a new york thing but that's going to be at the new jersey institute of technology on the 13th of april so think about it if even if and if you're not in the us check out the calendar see if there's one that you can get to measure camps or uh, they're awesome so I'll stop it too. I probably could have done four, but once again, this has been a great discussion. So thank you uh, again, Matthew, for coming on the show. That was a fun ride. And <laughs> thanks, no thanks for having me. Although, like, really fast, last call. Um, yep. Numlock News is my favorite newsletter. Definitely go read it. And uh, is by Walt Hickey. is fantastic. Um, and I strongly encourage you to subscribe. So do you know him like? Beyond him having had you. Yeah, yeah. We, we worked known. together at Business Insider. Yeah. Oh, you were Business Insider together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the number of Walt Hickey sourced. I, yeah, I probably could have said that. That we found Matthew because Walt's Sunday interview was with Matthew, right? I think it's right as you were starting up supervised. But Walt also has a book out that is fascinating. Which, where did my copy go? You are what you like, watch. You are what you watch. <laughs> there we go. Which is, it's got visualizations and charts. So we have plugged Numlock News many times and I am a <laughs> daily reader of the Numlock News. So yep. I have stickers. I've done a number. <laughs> so, um, so no show would be complete without thanking our uh, producer, Josh Crowhurst, who is, uh, Josh, you don't have to fully fix the transcript. This one's going to be a challenging one. So we'll let let the readers. I love that when we were talking about transcription, like within 30 seconds, you literally, I think Matthew said, like you, like a gibberish word. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I want to go find that one. And now I want to find this one and see what actually came out. It's probably just to say unintelligible. 
<laughs> so as always, we'd, we'd love to hear from our listeners. So you can find us on the measure slack on LinkedIn, on the platform that the car guy runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us <laughs> an email, uh, contact at analytics.io. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get a rating or a review and whatever podcasting platform you listen on. If it has that sort of support, we kind of love to read reviews, um, angry or not. And with that, so no matter whether you were running around recklessly with an AI hammer and smashing every analytics project with it, or whether (laughs) dashboards, building dashboards with AI hammers, um, or whether you're just toiling away and saying, look, this is making my code writing a little bit faster, whatever you're doing for Julie, for Val, for me, for Mo and Michael, just remind you to keep analyzing. Thanks for listening. Let's keep the conversation going with your comments, suggestions, and questions on Twitter at, at AnalyticsHour, on the web at AnalyticsHour.io, our LinkedIn group, and the Measure Chat Slack group. Music for the podcast by Josh Crowhurst. So smart guys wanted to fit in, so they made up a term called analytics. Analytics don't work. I love Venn diagrams. It's just something about those three circles and the analysis about where there is the intersection, right? Rock flag and transcription nightmare. (laughs) Sorry.